Welcome in to a, another episode of the West Life Podcast. I am your host, Josh Bournet, aka Josh Bournet, uh, at West Life Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Please give us a follow, and on those profile pages, you'll find our Linktree link where you can, uh, yeah, find all our pipes for our podcast, our YouTube channel. Please go to subscribe. Obviously, not. On the YouTube live tonight, our friends, uh, we'll see you again, uh, all our regulars. We'll see you next Wednesday night, probably, uh, for our survey show. We'll definitely do that one live, and we'll get the survey out, um, yeah, after we do this show tonight. It's always a fun thing to do, the end-of-season survey. Please uh, support us and take part in the show at patreon.com forward slash westlife. And shout-out to our major sponsor, Holman Barnes Group. Um, bringing people together, right? So let's uh, let's go to as first. Um, a little peek behind the curtain. We this is our second take of the show tonight. We um, we did about ten minutes of the show tonight uh, without me hitting the record button. So it, um, we, we've had a practice. Who, who we should be good at it. We should be better. Our comments. Um, the second time round should sound more prepared, but as uh, probably not. So again, uh, for the f- second time for me, but for the listeners, how are you this evening? <laughs> yeah, g'day Josh, g'day Rob, g'day listeners. Um, thank you to everyone tuning into this episode. Uh, don't worry, Josh, it happens to the best of us. We all, we all have our mm. moments. <laughs> and me too. <laughs> Uh, and coming into the red room, Mr. Bashara, how are you this evening? I'm fine, mate. I've just <clears throat> had a feeling of deja vu, actually, but no, I'm, I'm excellent. Uh, been a good <laughs> week, and uh, looking forward to yeah talking about the same stuff again for ten minutes, and, <laughs> and then moving on to the rest of the show. Well, luckily, uh, at least at least there's plenty to talk about. That works in our favour, doesn't it? No, luckily, definitely. luckily, the only thing we had talked about was uh this little clip here of our friend lee has been tell us on sen i believe yesterday uh here he is again um yeah you boys are going to sit through this for a second time for the first time for the listeners here is lee on uh Vossi and brandy yesterday uh very much so andrew I mean, it's been a very disappointing year i can't diminish it uh the level of disappointment that no doubt all our supporters would feel over the last two seasons um, but I, I, I think, and I've said this before on your program, that, that there are green shoots. I think, you know, things are turning. Um, uh, we are a better team than we were last year, despite the results. And I, I agree with you. you know, the results speak for themselves. Four wins this year, four wins last year. But I think objectively, anyone would agree that we are a better team. We are a better roster. We're not far away from where we need to be. As to, as to last Friday night's game, we, we had seven players uh, that would still be qualified to play flick. Uh, I think we were missing eight or nine of our starting 17. In fact, there might have been two players that would still qualify for um, SG Ball. Um, we've spoken often no, about our pathways programs. We've spoken often about our pathways programs. I, I attended the Peter Mulholland Grand Final last Wednesday uh, out of Campbelltown. Westfield Sports High was playing Patrician Brothers Blacktown. Phenomenal game of football. Uh, 13 of the players between the two teams are contracted to the West Tigers through our pathways programs. So these pathways programs will bear fruit, there's no doubt, but it'll take a little bit of time. And they will add to what is already, I think, a, a talented roster. Now, Tim Sheens, to his credit, told us last year that there would be challenges this year in particular areas. We've addressed those. 
Uh, we've signed uh, three quality halves for 2024, and I think that'll make a very significant difference to the squad. But as I say, I'm not going to diminish for one moment how disappointing this year has been, um, and uh, as I said, following on from last year as well. But um, we, we've got to just take it in our stride. We've just got to uh, take our medicine and accept responsibility. Benji mentioned the other night there we are all accountable, and we are. We're all responsible for this, but um, and we're all com- absolutely committed to turn it around. So there, there is definitely... Uh, Mr. Bashar, the second time around hearing that, but, uh, yeah, it's, does it make you get excited and want the, uh, 2024 season to start already? Because, uh, Lee's, Lee's talking it up like, uh, the ship's going to turn around in the right direction next year. Well, you'd hope he'd talk it up. I mean, he's not going to go on that radio show and be negative. Uh, there's a couple of things I'd take to task with him, but let's start with the positive stuff. Uh, definitely having 13 of those players in the Peter Mulholland Grand Final signed up uh, for our club shows that, you know, the, the future is bright and, you know, hopefully, you know, a few of those blokes go on to, to great careers. Uh, I, I take exception to the fact that he said we signed three quality halves. One, we're, you know, basically bringing back from the dead in, you know, he's about 34 years of age in Aiden Caesar. And the other two halves, there's no doubt they've got potential, but they're not quality halves yet. They could turn into quality halves with the right coaching and the right direction, but uh, there's no guarantee that they're going to turn out like that. Let's hope they do. Uh, so he puts a little bit of a stretch on that. As to our roster being better, objectively, he's 100% right. It is a better roster. Are we a better team than last year? I, I would say no because we had the same amount of wins and that's that's being objective. But look, it didn't it didn't phase me too much except when he once he said we signed three quality halves, I'm like, here we go, mate. Like because they're not they're not established halves. I mean Aiden Caesar played five eight in the NRL when, when he was here. And you know, Jaden Sullivan hasn't been able to land a spot at St George full time as a first grader. He's had Ben Hunt in front of him. And uh, Fainu is just still a kid. I mean, he hopefully he will turn into our long-term half. But just just comments like that just sort of, you know, irk me a little bit. Uh, but, you know, as I said, he's got to put a positive spin on it. The thing that he needs to do next year is not talk it up and not say you won't recognise his team and, you know, the style of play we've got and, and the backline moves and all this sort of stuff. Just let it take its course. Let's not accept too much next year. Let's just hope it, it does start turning around and, and you know, Benji and the, and the coaching staff there do a good job with the crop they have and, and hopefully, you know, we'll get a few more wins next year. But, you know, I'm not going to get too excited. Like, I just want some improvement. But they're all accountable, but no one takes accountability. And, and that's, you know, I don't expect the coaches to take accountability. They've only been there one year. And, and John Morris hasn't even been there at all yet. So I don't expect them to be taking accountability. But... A lot of the management that have been there for a long time, they can't say they're accountable and, and just still have their jobs. We, we need a new freshness and feel and, and positivity. And just with the same old dead wood in, in, on the, in the board and CEO, I just, it just seems like the same old stuff. But let's, you know, let's have the boys do the talking on the field next year and, and you know, we'll try and be as positive as, as we can. But the reality is if we're going to lose, you know, 20-plus games next year, it's very hard to focus on anything positive. Hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about uh, the rumour about said CEO uh, soon. But as anything to add to what Rob said there? No, not too much to add. Just that um, he's obviously not going to come out and say this, but we all know what Caesar is. He's basically a stopgap solution 
to plug a hole that is a very obvious weakness in our squad until mm. we get the chance to start talking to some other halves for 2025 and beyond, or if they're planning to bring up another half from our lower grades for 2025 and beyond. So that's that's what the situation for Caesar is. And um, I think the good thing about Caesar is the experience he'll bring, um, the strong kicking game, and that will hopefully rub off well on the young halves we have coming, the young halves we've signed in, in Sullivan and Fainu. So that's that's pretty much what that situation is there. Uh, righto. That um, I reckon you boys definitely. I reckon you better. Maybe we should practice. We should do a practice round every every uh, episode. Uh, <laughs> not like we have uh, better things to do. Uh, righto. Our next story, um, one that dropped by the mole, which didn't seem to go. I haven't been on the socials that much. It didn't seem to go overly viral. Um, considering what he's suggesting there, but he's basically suggesting that senior figures, well, this is, what, this is exactly what he's written, senior figures at the West Tigers are pushing for a leading administrator in the world of supercar racing to take over as the embattled club's chief, chief executive. Current CEO Justin Pascoe is under siege with fans demanding change and the club board feeling the pressure to act after years of internal strife at the club. Tim Watsford is a highly respected sports administrator currently holding down the post of, uh, of Chief Innovation and Sustainability Officer with the supercars. Um, yeah, I mean, I tweeted this out today. The supercars are dealing with cars literally catching on fire and uh, superstars either retiring or leaving the sport uh, in their droves the last couple of seasons. So it seems pretty up for the job of running the West Tigers, Rob, but you know a little bit more about this. Yeah, I, when I read the news this morning, Josh, I reached out to Tim. I've, I've uh, been speaking to Tim probably for what maybe two and a half years now. And, uh, you know, I just reached out to see if there was any truth to the rumour. No one from the Tigers has spoken to him. Uh, he said, you know, as you said, uh, with the supercars there in Queensland with his family, you know, he'd have to uproot all his family if he was to ever be offered that position. Um, so there's absolutely no truth to the rumour that um, he'll be our next CEO. He hasn't even been approached. Um, and whether he'd even take it is another question uh, again. So mm. uh, I think the mole and other people are just uh, putting out stories to agitate, which, you know, to be fair, I don't, I don't mind some agitation if it gets rid <laughs> of some of the people there. But unfortunately, they are not true. So we we can we can put that to bed. But I'll tell you what, if if Tim Watsford was ever interested in the position, he's a really good person that understands our fan base, uh, knows our frustrations. We've hmm. had conversations that have been like podcasts. So uh, hmm. he's got really good connections within the NRL. Okay. Um, yeah, so he, he's had a background. He's worked there before. He he's an excellent administrator. So uh, I'd be all for it if he was to ever come but he hasn't been approached and and i think that ship has sailed and i and i think you know lee hadjapentelis and others knew he was interested in the position a couple of years ago and uh didn't you know seek to you know offer him an opportunity for that i know one of our patreon members uh shouts to ben he tweeted back and said in the discord he wasn't sure if he wanted someone with more football knowledge, not someone obviously is at supercars in the moment, but you're saying he is um, well-equipped for rugby league. Definitely. 
definitely. And he's got a really good footy IQ. Like like I said, we've spoken numerous times. We've texted God knows how many times and, and he's a real good person. So I'd be all for it, but there's no truth in the rumor whatsoever. So okay. uh, yeah, don't, don't be, don't be thinking he's coming anytime soon. Some, like I said, someone's just uh, feeding the mole and others a bit of crap to put yeah. out the paper and agitate. That's the thing too. I mean, um, preaching about sacking the CEO, it's, I mean, it's a, it'd be a tough ask replacing him. And I have to wonder if that's part of the reason why he's still there. He's the club might be thinking shit. Who, who would um how much is it gonna cost us to uh what what's Alan Joyce up to? Maybe he um He's on holidays in Ireland. Yeah, maybe he he can uh I, I saw that suggestion. I think I don't think the West Tigers can afford uh a man who um was CEO of Qantas, but we'll um yeah, we'll see. See what happens. Who knows? We'll probably have Justin for another ten years. Uh, at this rate. right up. let's get to some more positive news. So last night, the uh, Kelly Barnes Awards were held. I actually don't know where. I wasn't there. Does anyone, as do you know where they were holding? Um, I know, shouts to regularly, so Kathy, she was messaging us during the um, during the ceremony last night, but um, I'm actually not sure. Usually at La Montage or something. Yeah, that's where I normally know them to be, but I don't. I don't think it was mentioned I've been, where they I've were been last night. Them. Um, I'm not sure where they were last night. Not that it really matters that much if you weren't there, I guess. Uh, so here are the award winners. So obviously, if you didn't know, the Kelly Barnes Medal was won by Dream Buller, and apparently he won by a single point. It came down to the last round, and Dream uh, got three points. Uh, in the, the last game, an Appy 2. So it ended up being Dream by one. I saw uh, a, a screenshot after round 22. I think Dream, uh, he had a lead of like 14 or 15. So Appy in those later, yeah, later rounds really started to uh, reel, reel him in. So, um, I mean, given. Well, well, Appy definitely would have gotten the. Um... The three votes in the win over the Dolphins, so yeah. that was an easy three for him there. Yeah, and um, man, given three two ones this year, yeah, it uh, it would have been tough, a tough ask. But um, my guy Sean Bloor was up there too. It was it was very much a two horse race, Dream uh, and Appy. So, uh, but Dream also got Rookie Player of the Year and Players Player of the Year, which I mean, Players Player getting it over Appy. As that's um, that says a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, like I, I'd ask the question: What would mean more to a player? Would it would would getting voted as an award winner by their peers, by the guys they run out with each week, mean more, or would the votes from the coaches mean more? Or would they be mm. equal? Like two amazing awards for, awards for this kid to win. Um. But in, in his debut season as well, where he played, I think, what, 18 games? 17, 18 games? Uh, I can look that up. This is You asked me to look this up before, didn't you? You, you just have to work out what round did he debut in. That's that's the... Uh, eight, but we had had our first bye, so we had played seven, uh, six games. Yeah, so, I yeah, 18, 18 games. Because he didn't miss a minute after he debuted. 
Uh, 17. He's played 17. Uh, yeah, 17, 17 games. 17? Yeah. 17 games, five tries. Yeah. If he's uh, missed the first seven. Wait, no. no. six because we had a no, buy it is, seven. Who did we play last? We played Manly. That that hasn't included Manly yet. Manly so was 18. Was game, wasn't it? At Campbell. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, sorry. The the last game. So what are the stats I'm looking at? The yeah. last game recorded was the Roosters. They haven't added the Manly game. Yeah, ah, so gotcha. 18. So it is 18. So it is, you're correct, as that's man. I shouldn't have questioned the stats, man. Silly me. Exactly, Silly me. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I, think the, I think the players award would mean more to him, uh, Aaron, mm. than, than you know, voted by coaching. Uh, I've got to be honest, I, no, I don't begrudge Jareem the award. I, I can't believe he got even close to Appy Coruscant, given that Appy played more games than Jareem. And I, I could barely think of a game where Appy wouldn't mm. have been in our top three. So, did, Appy, did Appy play more? Because he missed five or six to injury, and he also missed one for one for Origin. Well, he missed he missed one for Origin. I, uh, he probably missed five, like you said, for the broken jaw, and he did come on after twenty minutes I, in round one. So he actually never started the game. So I mean, I guess he wasn't going to be in our top three in in the first game of the year. But yeah, I, I just thought every game Appy played, he was he was in the points myself, but. You know, we, were giving, we were giving him nines so, and tens, so. but you know, good for Jareem anyway. So, I mean, it's neither here nor there who gets it, but uh, yeah, I was just quite—I was actually shocked. I just thought Appy was going to shit it in, to be honest. Mm. Twenty twenty-one games for Appy this year. Yeah, Is so that a good origin. No, wow, that's, that's just West Tigers. Yeah, that's very surprising. Yeah, it seemed like he missed heaps more, but um, yeah, he played twenty-one according to this. Okay then. Uh, elsewhere, awards, uh, New South Wales Cup Player of the Year, Tristan Riley, uh, New South Wales Cup Players Player, Jack Boiling, uh, Jersey Flag Player of the Year, Sione Vahu, is that how I pronounce that as? I think so. Idea? Uh, Jersey Flag, Jersey Flag, Jersey Flag <laughs> Players Player, Josh, uh, Josh Felity, and uh, Wayne Pierce Community Award, Brent Naden, who was in a shoulder sling and apparently had shoulder surgery. We're all wondering where NATO was in, yeah, the last couple of weeks. But, boy, is that, um, yeah, it's weird that normally when a player is injured, the club announces it. What's going on there? Uh, we were just kept in the dark, weren't we? It wasn't uh, very good communication. But I don't know how you guys felt. I know we came last, and, and I know it's terrible that we hang our hat on little tiny things. But I was kind of getting excited every time an award was coming up. And, like, I wonder who's going to win this. I wonder who's going to win that. And it was, it was just really just nice to have a positive night and, and mm. you know, just sort of, you know, let, let the players have a bit of, bit of fun and a bit of... Uh, what's the word, prestige, you know, like just really good to hear some good news for a change, that's all. So, yeah. you know, happy for Jareem anyway. He's he's wrapped up three awards in, in his first year. That's a pretty decent start to a career. Uh, yep. One more to go and, for him. Apparently, Benji yeah, never won it. So. so he's got more club awards, more uh, Kelly Barnes awards than uh, Benji. So there you go. Wow. Next up is to catch up to Brooks, and I think Brooks has what three, two or three. So, uh, so Benji never won it. The Benji's never won it at all. Yet one year he won the Golden Boot Award yeah. for the best player in the world. <laughs> so, I wonder who won it that year. It must have been Robbie. And, sure. and hasn't Benji also been like second or third in Dally M count as well? Yeah. at some point. 
and for the dragons probably, as well probably gareth ellis josh I, I think gareth ellis was winning it every year when he was there and yeah that's the time benji got the golden boot uh speaking of gareth gareth ellis he got inducted as a west tigers life member so he became number 27 uh for that despite playing 75 games but my god do uh do we miss that um, that Englishman? Uh, Scando got 2023 Club Person uh, of the Year. And I think that, um, yeah, that's all the awards there. They obviously, they didn't do any NRL. The season's not finished, I guess. They can't really do the NRLW awards, can they? But they were there. Their own separate awards night. Yeah, the girls, the girls were there, though. Um, so yeah, like, yeah, anything to add? To oh, there is, as? there is one, there is one more award, um, that had, that's been given to a West Tigers player and that was the Sky Blues award to Kezi Apps. Oh uh, yeah. I had that in the notes too. That, that wasn't obviously, was that on the night? That was a separate. No, that, that was occasion, early. That it? was a night earlier this week, I think. Okay. Might've been Monday. But while um, we were so, on yeah. the topic of awards, I mentioned that one. Yeah. Yep. Nope. That's in my notes. Nice work. As tick that one off, and congrats to uh, Kezi on that one. Uh, speaking of NRLW, as uh, getting you on the spot, but do you want to read out this week's team list for me? Uh, we are playing against as Broncos. I load up the drill. Broncos. Thank you. On what day? You're fast on the website. I should just ask you. I can't even load the website. Saturday, eleven thirty. Eleven thirty a.m. Yeah, so it's I'm a du- it's a double header up at Newcastle, um, us versus the Broncos, and then a okay. top of the table clash between the Knights and the Roosters. Okay, um, right, team list. If you've got it ready to go, I sure do. So Batil Betty Welsh is at fullback, Jakaya Whitfield and Tess Staines on the wings. Rakea Horn is back in the centres with Leanne Tafunga at the other centre. Pauline Pillaye, Rasabale, and Brooke Talatana remain in the halves. Sarah Togatuki is back at prop with Christian Pio. Ebony Pryor starts at hooker again. Kezi Apps is back in the second row with Eliza Cialata, and Nevada George is the lock. The bench is Sophie Curtin, debutante Jay Patu, Jessica Kennedy, and Salma Noor. Rebecca Pollard is 18th woman. Our reserves are Imogen Gobrin, Bianca Bennett, Taylor Osborne, and Hope Tavanga. Just realised the uh, the website's not bringing up the team list for me. On I'm using Safari like an idiot. It's not bringing it up. Maybe if I use Chrome, I'll be able to see it. Better no. We're, oh, yep. There we go. Yep. It's Safari's fault. Who the hell uses Safari? There you go. Um, that probably meant nothing to you, Rob. But um, no, I, I do use Safari. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah certain, certain things won't open on it. Right. I'm on back on Chrome and can see 11:30 a.m. against the Broncos. Okay. Um, what are, What are your thoughts on this one? As so we, there's a couple of big ins there. So. But the Broncos, they'll be tough to beat. Yeah, the Broncos are definitely a powerhouse. Um, they're in good form as well now. I believe they started the season with two straight losses to the Roosters um, and a golden point loss to the Titans for the first two weeks. But I'm pretty sure they're undefeated since then. So they found their form. They've gotten on a roll. Um, they are going to be tough to beat. We do have some massive ins. 
obviously the two girls who failed HIAs against the Roosters are back and Sarah's back from her suspension. So um, I think the thing we missed the most last weekend was the go forward that Sarah provides Mm. Um, with a few more meters from her, like the big tough carries that she makes. I think we're in a much better position to potentially win that game on the weekend um, because she just gets us downfield so easily. She, she picks the team up and carries them on her back, um, which I think is incredibly impressive. Uh, there are a few threats in the Broncos team who are going to have to watch out for, um, but I think the girls will give this one a really good crack, but it is going to be a tough game to win. Mm. And it's a home game in Newcastle. So the, the following week is the... Uh, so we're playing a home game in Newcastle against the Broncos, and then we've got a home game against Newcastle to finish the season next week at Campbelltown on Thursday night. Correct. Uh, righto. Anything to add on that, Rob, before we get a Rob Stradamus for the week? Yeah, well, it's I won't I won't make it a Rob Stradamus tip, but I'm tipping that we're going to beat the Broncos. Oh, okay. Tip- I might um I might really quickly as well go through some of the the threats in their team, like I normally do. That's yeah, all yeah. Right. no, go- yeah, of course. Um, so probably the biggest threat we're going to have to watch out for is Ali Brigginshaw. Um, she always carries the Queensland Maroons and the Broncos on her back. Um, her kicking game mm. is extraordinary to say the least, and she's going to be very, very dangerous out there. Uh, Destiny Brill is a very crafty hooker, uh, has a lot of talent, has a bit of speed. Um, some of the appy kind of smarts there as well. As for the rest of their backs, uh, Shanae Sazonka and Ash Werner is a very dangerous combination down the right edge. Uh, Shazonka has a few rep rep bleh, rep performances to her name as well, and Ashley Werner has only recently come into the NRL uh, from bobsledding. Uh, she was in our side in hmm. the state competition earlier this year. Um, and then signed for the Broncos to be closer to family. Uh, unfortunately, copped a well a suspension after being sent off in the first round. So she's back and performing well. And then probably the last one I want to mention is Mele Hufanga, the left center, who is an absolute unit of a woman. Uh, and good luck to whichever of our centers has to try and take her down because she's currently the leading try scorer. And it's easy to see why once you see her on the field because she has no problem whatsoever barnstorming her way across whoever's in front of her. Okay. I'm just looking at the the markets for a try scorer. A friend of the show, Tess Staines, $3.50. Uh, Kezi Apps, 4 bucks for, for a try there. I mean, Kezi, I mean, 4 to 1 for Kezi to score a try is pretty... Uh, I'm going to throw a tenner on that right now. I reckon that's... She, uh... she scored four tries in six games, and she scored yeah. four tries in a row, like game after game after game after game. And what should not do it now? That I... I'll put money on it. and uh... She probably could have scored against the Roosters too if she didn't um, get taken off HIA. They wouldn't put a bastard. Uh, righto, speaking of gambling, Rob Shadamas, what's your bet for this week? Look, very short notice again, guys, with these Wednesday shows. I've tried to keep it simple. I know there could be some changes in other games. I'm going to go a same-game multi, Newcastle, half-time, full-time, uh, into Dominic Young, anytime try scorer. Very simple, very easy. I haven't really – not really gambling there. I think it's pretty straightforward. I think Canberra done <laughs> it. 
Well, Can- Canberra done and dusted. They're not going to beat yeah. Newcastle. So I, it's um, just funny yeah. you say it's not. It's not gambling. It's uh, so put. Well, I, I don't put, put your mortgage on it. I don't think the odds would be great. I reckon. I reckon Young's probably under two dollars to score a try, and halftime, full time, it'd probably be about a dollar fifty. So you'd be lucky to get three dollars. I mean, it's not really. It's not really a golden point tip where you get massive odds or anything like that. But I just thought I'd better try and keep it simple as I have had four weeks in a row of no success. So getting two out of three a lot. Okay. Uh, right. Let's get into the tips for the finals. Obviously four games to talk about Broncos storm this Friday night. Who are we thinking in this one? I think the storm, have they got a pretty good record in Brisbane? Don't they? Yeah, they've won fourteen in a, games in a row up there against Brisbane, Josh. Mm. So Broncos dollar uh, sixty ish, Storm two dollars thirty ish at this point. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting game. I mean, obviously the uh, the the Storm are playing quite well. The Broncos have been in outstanding form. I know they they rested a, a ton of players last week, um, you know, but they're not facing. Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk, Cameron Smith. Um, there's just something about Melbourne this year for me that they just don't have that extra toughness. Mm. And, you know, like they had such a tough pack with Kafusi and the Bromwich brothers. And I, even though they've got good forwards, I just think they've lost the edge. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Storm won, but I just think the Broncos, Broncos are playing at a different level and, and Melbourne aren't the same team as they've been in previous years. So... I don't care about the fourteen in a row. I'm tipping the Broncos. I'm I'm actually leaning towards the Storm at the moment. Um, I think, and I think the main reason why, not because of the record, but because he's on the bench again. But Ryan Pappenhausen seems to be a massive X factor for them. Um, the way he can come on and influence a game, we saw when he came on against the Titans. He had a bit of a hand in how they managed to get up over the Titans, and then. Back at fullback again um, last week when they were arrested all their players, he played a starring role in that game against the reserve grade, basically Broncos team. So I'm leaning towards the storm in this one. I think it's going to be close. It's an absolute blockbuster to start off the finals. I'll go Broncos purely because if in doubt, go the home team is uh, my policy. Uh, before we get on to the Panthers v. Waz, just going to mention uh, Mobile Corp, our, our other sponsor, Ask. Um, our mate Stephen and the team at Mobile Cop to help you out. They support local businesses by managing their IT, their networks, and their mobile devices. If you're a business owner looking for a partner who will take away the hassle of dealing with IT issues, make sure you have cybersecurity in place. Handle all your mobile device needs, then Mobile Corp can help. Uh, they're a family-run business and a long-time supporter of the West Tigers. Check out mobilecorp.com.au. That's mobilecorp.com.au. Uh, Penny Panthers, heavy favourites, boys. Uh, I'm on the wires bandwagon. They're the least hated of my team's left. Are they, are they a chance as? I'd like to say they are, but at the moment, I don't think so. I think the Penrith juggernaut is a bit too strong for a team that isn't really experienced when it comes to finals. Um, when you exclude the, well, if you take out the likes of Sean Johnson, and I think Dallin might have played finals for Penrith back when he was there. Um, other than that, they've had a few players from like the Eels and various other teams that have been in finals regularly. But the it'll be tough for them. But the way I see it is, 
for the for the um, Warriors in particular, just treat it like an, an, any other game um, because they know that if they lose, they've got the like they've got a home game next week in New Zealand against either the, the Knights or the Raiders. So just go into Penrith, throw the ball around, and see what happens. It may throw the Panthers off their game. You may split them for numbers. You may get some really really good. Um, like you may get some really, really good plays out of it. So yeah, I just think that's the attitude they need to go into it. Just treat it like any other game win and you get a week off at a prelim, a home prelim final lose and you get a second chance. So why not just see what happens? Uh, Rob? Uh, look, it's going to be very hard to beat Penrith. Um, I still think Luai is a big out in terms of their attack. So I, I don't see Penrith blowing New Zealand away. I, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. The thing with New Zealand, I don't think their form's actually been great for the last month. I know they rested a bunch of players last week, but they struggled to beat us. They struggled against St. George, you know, the set last team and second-last team. I think they've been in cruise control for a while. Uh, Luke Metcalf is a really big out. They've lost him for the year, and they've got Tamare Martin in there, who's playing against one of his former ex-teams. Uh, so I think that's probably a you know a big difference, but I, I don't I don't see many points in this game. And if New Zealand can hold Penrith in the first twenty minutes, then we're going to have a, a battle on our hands. But I you know you, how can you tip against Penrith? I mean, at home they've hardly lost a game up there in three years. Mm. So uh, look, I, I've got to tip Penrith, but I think it's going to be on Sean Johnson to weave his magic if if New Zealand have any chance because. Uh, you know, like I said, Tamare Martin in for Luke Metcalf. That's a that's a big change because Metcalf was playing out of his skin. Uh, close one in. Oh, I'll go Panthers as well. That's pretty. You can't tip against them. Uh, Sharkies Roosters betting pretty much even for this one. It's at a sold out Shark Park, and a, there was a lot of pressure. What are you boys? What are your thoughts on the first week of the finals? You're allowed to play. At a suburban ground, and do you think uh, if a miracle happened and we did get a first round uh, home game of the playoffs, would we get? Would we do Leichhardt Oval for the best advantage to win? We we didn't in two thousand and ten, Josh. We took the we weren't allowed to then. I'm pretty sure you weren't allowed to. No, no, we we were allowed. I think we took the game to SFS. Like we we took it so that we could fit more fans there. We we made the choice. I'm sure we yeah. made the choice. I I stand corrected if anyone knows the exact reason, but I'm very sure we moved the game voluntarily. Um, I thought we had to. to. I well I don't know if we were, we if we did have to, but mm. I, I think with these things, Josh, you've got to do it pre-season. You like in a perfect world for me. I like the old days when you know prior to you know like from 1987 and prior, all the games were at the SCG. And then for a period, it was you know, all the semi-finals. No, no, but all the semi-finals from 88 were at SFS. Yeah. So I, I just think you've got to try and find a way to give the, a team an advantage. So all finals in Sydney should be played at one of the major grounds, whether it's Homebush or, or SFS. And obviously, if it's in Melbourne or Brisbane, you play them at Suncorp or mm. wherever they want to have it in Melbourne. So, you know, the, the rules are the rules. You just can't change it now because... You know, Cronulla and the Roosters will have a half-full stadium. I, I just think that's hmm. you, you've, you've made the rules now. You just can't change it. But yeah, in a perfect world, I think I think we should really make semi-finals a big spectacle and a big event. I don't. Hmm. I mean, to Cronulla fans, it's just going to be another game, isn't it? I mean, it's a semi-final, but 
they they, they were there, you know, last weekend when they played Canberra. Is, is it any big mm. deal? But I remember, like, back in the Balmain era of the 80s, when I'd go to the SCG, you know, in the mid-80s or, or SFS in 88, 89, I mean, you know, my heart was pumping, like, as I'm, you know, driving down Cleveland Street, you know, it was a, it was a different feeling. You, you felt like you're in the semifinals. But if the game was at Leichhardt, it'd just be another big game. So... I'm all for having the semi-finals at big venues, but you can't just pull the advantage away like a couple of weeks out and just say, no, we don't want a game at Shark Park. You know, tough luck, we'll move it here. And then imagine imagine playing the Roosters, you know, at, at what, what's SFS called, whatever the name of it mm. is now. So, like, we, like we did in 2010. Exactly. Like we, it was yeah. basically their home game. So, I mean, I, I, mean, I know this, we had a lot of supporters there. We, we probably still had the majority of supporters, but um, yeah, it's just there's just no advantage in it. So... They've got to work something out pre-season as to how you'd give the team an advantage. But uh, I, I don't know. You probably have to go back to a system where it was 1v8, 2v7, 3v6, you know, 4v5 yeah. and all that. I don't know. There's just – I have never, I haven't really put much thought into it, but I'm happy with how it is now, seeing as though you just can't change rules mid-season or late in the season. Whatever the rule is at the start of the year, you just stick with it. Has you got any thoughts on that? I don't mind the first week of the finals being allowed to play the games at the suburban venues. I think it adds a bit to the atmosphere um, mm. that you basically, well, realistically or hopefully would have 90% of the fans in there being fans of the home team. Um, I think that would give you a massive advantage. I reckon if the Tigers were to make finals in, like, let's just say the next year or two, um, mm-hmm. that if and if we were to host an, an elimination final or whatever we'd probably do it out of a core because I think they'd probably feel like the same rate, the same thing applies, pack out a core, uh, get as many fans in there as you can to really make an atmosphere of mm. it. And honestly, there was discussion where they thought that the roosters rabbits or the rabbits roosters game last weekend should have gotten like 60,000 fans in at a core because it was basically an elimination final. Um, and they didn't. I think they only got like 30,000 or something. But honestly, if the Tigers made the finals and were hosting it, don't you think we'd probably get about 60,000 fans yeah, come, out of the, sure. come out of the woodwork for just the... Like, even if it was just an elimination final. And then you've got for a sure. team like the Warriors this year who... the Warriors. So they're guaranteed a home final, whether that's a semi or a prelim, depends on how this weekend goes. And mm. there's debate there about whether they're going to play it out of... Um, Mount Smart or whether they're going to move it to, to Eden Park um, mm. to get a bigger crowd in. And I feel like for them, it would be best if they kept it at Mount Smart. Obviously, they wouldn't get as many fans, but it would feel a lot more like a home game than a game at Eden Park would, I feel like, just because they're used to the mm. atmosphere that Mount Smart provides. And then you've got a team like the Panthers who play at, um, who play in Penrith this weekend. But if they win or whether, whether they win or lose, they move to a core. Um, for the rest of their finals campaign. So, I don't know. I just like the atmosphere of the the suburban grounds at um, for the for the first week of the finals. I'd love to go to a final that we play at Leichhardt. I think that ele- atmosphere would be electrifying. I mm. don't think it would happen because, yeah, I think we'd, we'd want to pack out a big stadium and really capitalise more... on the fact that, like, the, the drought is over sort of thing. Mm. We have more members than we can fit in the Leichhardt, so... Exactly. Yeah, unlike... <laughs> The roosters or sharks. So who are you, who are you tipping in this one, guys? I'll go sharks because they're at home. It's a flip of the coin. This one. Uh, I'm going roosters, guys, and 
I I probably would have gone Cronulla prior to last week. I wasn't impressed with Cronulla one bit against Canberra. I thought Canberra really muscled up and they really, I think it was 10-6 before uh, Sebastian Chris got sent off. And then once they were down to 12 men, Cronulla opened up and, and I think they got like an 18-point lead or something like that. So uh, they weren't impressive. They'll have to improve on that. I don't think the Roosters are going great either. It is a toss of the coin. I, I just... I just trust the Roosters a bit more, and I'd be a little bit more confident if Manu does play. I've still got doubts as to whether he will play. It's only been two weeks since he got injured against us, so uh, I, I, there's no certainty in this game. That's for sure. I think it might even it could even come down to Golden Point, but it should be a cracking game. Uh, last I'm gonna, game. I'm go, I'll go oh, sorry, with the, um, I'm going with the Sharks on this one. I'm going basically on home field advantage. I think even though the Roosters are in pretty good form, um, the Sharks at home in front of their fans should be able to lift a little bit for this one. They've mm. obviously had a hard, hard time beating top eight teams, but have been able to sort of rectify that the last few rounds of the season with wins against the Raiders and the Rabbits, even though the Rabbits aren't top eight anymore. They were at the time. So, yeah, I think it'll be a close one, a very tough one. I'm tipping the Sharks by the skin of their teeth. Uh, and in the last game, Heavy favourites and the Knights up at home against the Raiders. Yeah, I think the Knights in front of a sold out. Um, what's it's not Marathon Stadium anymore? What's it called now? McDonald's, McDonald Jones. Jones. Uh, yeah, Knights for me. Yeah, as I said with the t- uh, the betting thing, uh, Knights for me for sure. Uh, it'll just be interesting to see how Kalen Ponga goes, given he's got that uh, shoulder injury. Mm. And, and how, how, you know, if he tests it early or if he's just going to, like, nurse his way through the game. But, uh, I, look, Canberra won't roll over. But, I mean, you know, they're under strength. They're missing Chris. Uh, they've lost Josh Papali'i for the season. Um, I think last week would have been a little bit deflating for them as well, losing to Cronulla the way they did because they seem to put a really wholehearted effort in there. Um, so, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. But look, Knights are, what, going for 10 in a row. So that's a pretty incredible streak of, of winning form and uh, looking forward. Hopefully, Jackson Hastings is back and has a great game. Yeah, I'm going with the Knights in this one too. Um, I think they've got way too much momentum on their hands and whoever loses out of the Panthers and the Warriors better watch out because they're going to have a Knights team that are going to be full of confidence, especially if mm. they win this one. Um, I don't know if any Raiders fans are listening, but honestly, I don't think the Raiders deserve to be playing finals. I was, was surprised, that, yeah. There was a stat that came out this week where, um, despite the fact that they've won 13 games, none of them have been by a margin of 13+. plus. So mm. they've won a lot of close games, and they've had a lot of shellackings. Like, I think there was a 53-12 to 12 loss to the Panthers mm. early in the season as well. Um, they have a differential of minus 137. <laughs> the Roosters also have a negative differential of minus 24, but that's at least close. Um, mm. And I just think, yeah, they're in there. They've won. Um, they've got a winning record. And I actually remember that I predicted this year that a 12-12 record wouldn't be enough to play finals and that you probably would need at least mm. 13 wins, um, which turned out to be true. So I'll uh, pat myself on the back for that one. But yeah, Stats, I just man. don't think the Raiders deserve to be there. Uh, I don't know. That just about does it for the show. Uh, there's no Patreon questions. If you want to support and take part in the show, patreon.com forward slash uh, Westlife pod. Uh, plenty to talk about. 
in there. A lot of soccer talk um, this week, especially. And, yeah, uh, obviously Rob's tips on the weekend, a bit of horse racing and that sort of thing. So come come join the fun in the off-season. We'll, um, yeah, still plenty, plenty happening uh, in the Discord and on the Patreon as well. Uh, our next episode, so you're going to have to wait another week to hear the uh, dulcet to- tones of our voice. voices. We'll do the, uh, as I said, at the top of the show. Maybe I did. Did I say at the top of the show? I can't remember which version of the you top of the show said I said it. At the top, you definitely <laughs> said it at the top of the first one. I don't remember if you did for the second one. Yeah, so the, 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 uh, <laughs> and we're going to do the end of season poll, which I'll uh, send out. Uh, yeah, for everyone to fill in, please, yeah, give it a crack and plenty of fun questions to answer in there. And we'll go over the results uh, on next Wednesday's show. So, yeah, keep an ear and an eye out to the, for that. Plenty of fun things to talk about. West, who knows? Something might be a major signing or a firing or who knows? The West Tigers, there's always something happening. And I'm sure in the next seven days, there'll be plenty to talk about. So, uh, boys, anything to, yeah, add before we wrap up? What um, seems like an hour-long show, but a, a nice, clean 47 minutes. Uh, you just had me thinking, guys, when we're talking about, you know, where would we play a semi-final? Would it be a Leichhardt and all that sort of thing? I stand corrected, but I'm pretty sure we've played. Like, I haven't looked anything up, obviously, but uh, as you can see, uh, I think we've played nine finals, and it was literally only the first final uh, against North Queensland that was a third full. And the other eight games, guys, we sold out. <laughs> like, literally... We sold out every ground. I mean, obviously there there were two teams involved, but yeah. Leichhardt Leichhardt is not going to hold. You know, we had set over seventy thousand people at the preliminary final between the Tigers and St George, and who are now sitting last and second last. So I think if times change, we Leichhardt Oval. I don't think we'll ever see a semi final there, even if we do make the. T- oh, I don't. Oh, you there? Can you hear me? Some good finals that we've played. We've we've won more than we've lost. Uh, I've just got the stats in front of me. So 2005, the crowds were... So Cowboys was 26,000 when we won 56. That's about a, that's about a third full, yeah. Uh, 36,000 at the SFS for the Broncos. Yep. Which is against the Broncos. Like a, I don't know they're and a that, team, that was, but... that was with like a 40-something thousand capacity too, guys. Yep. And we got forty one. Have, ha- have we ever had an away final, or have we been a home team for every single game? Uh the Raiders, Raiders, yeah, the, the Raiders. That, that's that's arguably the greatest win the club has ever had. <laughs> like in my opinion, to to come back from that uh, Golden Point loss to the Roosters, the devastating fashion, the way we did. Mm. I do not know how Tim Sheen's got the boys up, but that was that was a beautiful Friday night of football. Yeah, great game. Yeah, I, I remember being so nervous in that game. That, that uh, Roosters game was a an, 100 minutes long or something, wasn't it? Yeah. It was about 30... 100 minutes long, and then we I think we needed to rely on Jared Croker missing a kick at one stage against yeah. us in that 2010 final, which... Benji's like, flicked like, past yeah. a high uh, That's right. Lottie Takiri, yeah, good times. Yeah, 
the Roosters game, Roosters semi thirty three thousand, the Raiders twenty six thousand in Canberra, and then seventy one thousand for the semi final against the Dragons at Homebush. I was at, um, yeah, I've, Raiders is only West Tiger semi final. I haven't seen, and then uh, the Dragons. We got forty five thousand for the first week of the finals uh, in twenty eleven, and then that heartbreaking loss to the Warriors was twenty seven thousand. Yeah, it, was, it was bucketing down rain for that St. George semi-final before we before we kicked off, actually. So it was good that we still got 45,000 there. We Yeah, we'd, In, we'd get fifty to 60,000 for a, a home final easily. Yeah, it'd be a huge, I, I, I'd huge like occasion. Though. Especially like if we're playing another, another Sydney team easily. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, cannot wait. I'm going to be sitting right in between Lee Hadjipantelis and Justin Pascoe when we play finals again. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the uh, Yeah, he's hoping it's not when we're old, old men. Uh, right, boys. Next year, bring it on. Let's do it. Positive, positive. Uh, keep the faith. Right, Thanks for uh, joining us. As always, love you, all our listeners. We'll see you live. Uh, we'll aim for nine thirty next Wednesday. Um, so we'll see all our regulars. We miss you this time around, but. Um, yeah, until next week, as always, boys, even in the off-season, go the Tigers. Go the Tigers. Go the go girls. The tigers. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Please follow us at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter and facebook.com forward slash Westlife Pod. You can also support and take part in the show at patreon.com forward slash Westlife and give us a subscribe on YouTube and turn notifications on. We'll see you again next time on another episode of the West Life Podcast.